0: Brad Biggs. Biggs time. Biggs. With Mully and Hall. Biggs time. The Biggs Report. With Brad Biggs. Biggs time. Biggs in. His name is Brad Biggs. Brad Biggs talks football with you. <laughs>
1: Mully and Hall, Chicago. Sports Radio 6-7 to the score. Brad Biggs is the football man of the Chicago Tribune, a longtime contributor to the station and a valued friend. And he joins us now as all guests do on the score hotline brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Big Zay. Morning, Brad. Morning, boys. What's going on? All right. So you spent a lot of time down at the senior bowl. You met up with a lot of different people. Um, there seems to be, a general understanding that that quarterback is a needed uh, a needed thing in the NFL, and the Bears have the first overall pick, and they're going to be on the move. It's almost like an accepted reality. Is that accurate?
2: I wouldn't I wouldn't quite characterize it as that because you know someone's somebody's still got to put a a really good offer on the table for the for the Bears to want to move down, but. I, It's just um, a supply and demand issue at the quarterback position with some teams uh, clearly probably preferring to go down the uh, veteran route and others preferring to uh, take a shot at a first round draft pick at a, at a prospect at a guy who can uh, emerge as a franchise quarterback. So, with uh, the number of teams that you look at right now, and you say, "Geez, I- I'm not sure who they're going to have at quarterback," or "Geez, uh, nobody has any idea who they're going to have at quarterback," or, or they they look at the case of the Buccaneers. I mean, they've got Kyle Trask under quarterback. That that's about it. And uh, they didn't even make him the number two. They they were uh, bringing back Blaine Gabbert. So there's just so many teams with quarterback uncertainty that it raises uh, the possibilities of, yes, the Bears being able to be on the move.
3: Yeah, because I think, Brad, you've been consistent by pointing out that they could keep that pick if they don't get a good deal. I just wondered, did your confidence level, uh, how it was affected, do you feel like more that it's more likely now after talking to some teams around the league, seeing the quarterback needs that do exist after the Brady retirement, that in fact that there will be a deal to be made and it's more likely than not that they do end up trading that pick. Well, again, a team that wants to
2: move up for that pick, they've got to be—they've got to be really sold on the prospect in order to pay surely a premium that Ryan Poles will want. Like that's the, you know, part of the equation that we don't know how it's going to work out yet. Is there someone who? has enough faith in uh, Bryce uh, Young's ability to stay healthy with that slender frame uh, to take him first overall. I mean, guy had some injuries at, uh, at Alabama. Uh, so is somebody in love with Will Levis? I, I don't know the answer to those questions yet. No one uh, really does. Where does C.J. Stroud uh, fall in the equation? Uh, if they like Anthony Richardson enough, does he, does he prevent some teams from trading up because they're like, well, we might be able to get an Anthony Richardson who we uh, really like, and and I think what what's motivating for the Bears here, guys, is the lack of draft capital, right? I, they've got, they came off a three win season, and right now they've, you look at what they've got, and it's just. They don't have a ton of picks. They've got three picks in the top 100, right? So you trade down and you're able to add some draft capital, maybe uh, some draft capital in 2024 uh, as well. Yeah,
1: that That is the essential element of this thing. I, I, I think there's no doubt that they want to be a draft-driven team, but if you don't have the picks, then – and, and you know, last year they did a good job of trading down from the fifth round on and wound up dominating the, uh, the later rounds. But I don't know how great that is as a strategy. We'll certainly learn more about that moving forward. I just think that when you look at a draft, especially one that is probably regarded as less than a great draft, that's being fair about it, that, you know – being able to strike fairly early becomes even more important. And we know that they also have a lot of money and are going to be able to go into free agency and deal with some of the needs uh, that they have. Um, Do you have any idea? We talked about them doubling down, signing one of these defensive tackles if they become available and then going ahead and drafting one. Um, Do you have any idea what the plan is in terms of what they'll do with their free agency? Do we have to wait and see? Who actually is on the free agent market? I think the big date is four days after the Super Bowl. They got to make a decision in Vegas on what they're going to do with uh, the quarterback, and that will that'll be another one of those kind of uh, dominoes that falls.
2: Yeah, I don't no no idea what they're going to do in free agency yet. We still got to see which players are going to get out there. You know, t- in a typical year usually have about four franchise tags. Sometimes that number gets a little bit closer to eight. So we'll have to see where that number falls this season, but that will change some things. I think they've. he's talked about being calculated in free agency. He's talked about you know, wanting to build through the draft. I think he's got to be aggressive in free agency with certain players, With with guys they identify as, hey – this guy could part of the future here. So you're looking largely at players that are coming out of their first contract. So you're catching guys sort of um, entering the prime seasons of their career. Clearly um, you're going to be looking at both sides of the line there. Like, I mean, you you really don't need to stray too far from the trenches with what their goals are going to be. We've talked uh, several times about how wide receiver is really down in terms of free agency. It's also not a great year for wide receivers in the draft compared to the last three or four years. There is some talent, but it's not quite as deep uh, as it has been the last several seasons. Um, so we'll just uh, we'll have to wait and see a little bit. But you know, finding a couple uh, defensive linemen in uh, free agency and then adding to that in the draft uh, would be a really good idea for a team that uh, couldn't stop the run, couldn't rush the quarterback, couldn't get off the field uh, on third down. Uh, you guys know what the story of the 2022 Bears defense was.
3: All right, Brad, let's get into the weeds a little bit. A couple guys you wrote about on 10Thoughts and com. Offensively, wide receiver Tank Dell from Houston, 5'8", a little bit of a Uh, jitterbug with some great speed. You mentioned him, and on the other side, the edge rusher, Derek Hall from Auburn. Maybe a little undersized himself for the position, but opened some eyes. How about those two guys as potential standouts, and guys who, you know, Luke Getzey and staff got a first-hand look at? Tank
2: Dell was very difficult for uh, any defensive back in Mobile to cover. He, um, can absolutely fly. He's slippery. Uh, He's got all those things going on, but he, they listed him at at five, eight, 163 pounds. I can't emphasize enough that that makes him really an, that makes him an outlier in terms of gadget players. Okay. In terms of guys that you you drop a few things for he's that, um, Small And, and so in a, in a big man's game, that is terribly concerning. I, it wouldn't surprise me if there are a whole host of teams that don't even consider him be, because he's that small. But my goodness, um, he is uh, elusive, and that's putting it uh, mildly. And then Derek Hall, uh, he's a guy who had some uh, big-time production uh, for Auburn as a junior. Uh, played uh, relatively well this past season for, for an Auburn team that certainly had its struggles and, and issues going on, and he's got good length. Uh, I think um, the consensus is that he's going to interview really well, that he's a high-character guy. So Derek Hall uh, is probably an edge rusher that um, most people figure is a, uh, a round-two pick, uh, but the range there could be somebody falls in love with them the back end around one or, uh, or potentially maybe doesn't come off the board till the uh, beginning around three, but he's a guy that uh, people I spoke to believe will be a solid pro for a, for a long time.
1: You know, it's, it's so interesting because we're sitting here, we're talking about draft stuff. The, the reality is, and I, I learned this from the great George Young many, many years ago, the idea of a player slipping in the draft. Okay. Occasionally there's a bad drug test. Occasionally there is uh, somebody uh, seen, I don't know, before the draft with a with a mask on, uh, smoking some dope, whatever that was. Um, but Brad, for the most part, it's injury related. And when you get to the combine, we know the reason it's in Indy is the proximity of all the hospitals to the place where they bring the players and you can go and get everyone checked out that is as important as anything you know is there a uh, uh, some kind of uh, Carlos Correa issue with whatever player it is you might like those things are going to impact players in the draft more than anything else and and we it's hard to even talk about the draft until we get to through the combine and the medicals
2: yeah the, the medical information is king that's the biggest thing that comes out of Indianapolis uh, they will have. Uh, face-to-face meetings with the prospects and the players there, and they'll talk to them. But a lot of those players, the vast majority of them, at least a couple people with each NFL team has already met with the player. So it's not like the first time it's a face-to-face. Maybe it's the first time the GM has chatted with the player or the head coach has had a conversation with the player. But um, So the, the character stuff that you get answered in some of those short meetings, and it's not like you can code too deep, they're limited uh, in length, is uh, is helpful. But the medical information is certainly king where they can, uh, you know, if there's a question about a player's knee, well, he's not going to leave Indianapolis without teams finding an answer. And what you find is one team's answer could be uh, rather different from another team's answer. It just depends on how uh, their medical staff, evaluates the information and kind of the recommendation that is given uh, to the, to the football team. And then some front offices uh, have a little more leeway uh, for uh, medical issues than others, or they, or they say, Hey, you know, we've had players with similar issues in the past and it's been okay. uh, So they don't necessarily put a a red flag on a guy or they say, Oh, we had a guy with something like that. And boy, was that was um, boy, that was a mistake. And so, the guy comes off the board. So that's the big information that comes out of Indy.
3: So, Brad, last year, 17 of the 23 running backs were taken between rounds four and seven. So you're going to get guys who were performing on Saturday at the Senior Bowl. That's who – So, and it's a deep class. Uh, Evan Hall from Northwestern had a, a really good showing on Saturday. It sounds like Chase Brown had a pretty good week from Illinois. How would you evaluate those two guys in terms of where they – uh, might go and how they might have helped themselves in the week in, in Alabama and what the Bears' interest might be depending on what happens with David Montgomery in free agency.
2: Yeah, Evan Hall um, certainly had a really good week. I think, I think he was a little bit faster and more physical than some people expected. Certainly performed well in the game on Saturday. I thought Chase Brown had a, a really good week, so you've got a couple things going on at that running back position. You've got a deep um, group uh, for the draft. And you've got a trend now with teams trying to find that day three pick. We've talked about uh, positional value and the ability of teams to kind of plug in running backs. And certainly the Bears hit two years ago with Khalil Herbert. Um, you look at Isaiah Pacheco uh, for the Chiefs. he's a seventh-round pick, guys. I mean, he's he's their main ball carrier right now as they prepare – for the Super Bowl this week, uh, combine the draft class with a very deep class of uh, veteran running backs in free agency, and it's an absolute buyer's market, okay? I mean, it is 100% a buyer's market. So if the Bears do not um, re-sign David Montgomery, they will have uh, options galore, be it uh, get a guy at their price, as a free agent and draft a guy or just draft a guy, they will be able to uh, get a player. Um, David Montgomery has never been dynamic in the passing game. And I I think that would be one question teams would have for Chase Brown, who you brought up uh, a minute ago. So I think for the Bears, trying to find that running back that can do a little bit of everything um, would be ideal. That's not chasing Saquon Barkley, uh, in free agency, but that's that's looking for a guy that that's more multi-dimensional. You know, I, I understand Montgomery brings a lot, and that's why they may consider uh, bringing him back for some of those intangibles. But he's coming off a season where he averaged an even uh, four yards a carry, and um, you know, it wasn't his best statistical season.
1: All right, Bigsy. So you know, we're sitting here and we're talking about you know whether the Bears can get a trade, whether they can. Are you saying that that they ought to throw out the, um, you know, whatever the, the card is that would determine it? They just, because they have the first overall pick and because quarterbacks are usually taken there, they should make a trade no matter what? I mean, should it be?
2: No. Are no. they
1: fighting to get all that they can get or do they need to move down when the moment comes regardless?
2: I wouldn't do it regardless, especially if if they really like a player that they could get there at one and know they were getting their guy, right? We know we're getting the number one player on our board. Um, I mean, if you really like that guy, you've got to have a heck of an offer. But they've got so many holes um, that uh, they need some more draft capital. That This Chase Claypool trade, I think it's going to hang over them for a while uh, when you talk about the pick that was given up uh, to the Steelers for the wide receiver back in November. So I think it's a good idea. You, you try to, uh, you want to be draft driven, but you've, you've got to see what offer or hopefully offers, plural, are there to consider and then get an idea of what you might be able to come away with. with the picks that you're getting in return, you know, have, have a a pool of players in mind where, Hey, we think these guys will be in this range now and uh, they fit uh, what we want to do here.
3: So Brad, you spent some time with the Minnesota center. We've been talking about this morning, John Michael Schmitz and got a good rundown and background uh, on him. He, He checks a lot of the boxes in terms of intangibles, maturity, leadership, those kinds of things. What do you expect in terms of his projection to be, and might the bears be interested?
2: yeah, you know he's a guy you talk to people about him super tough um, gritty yeah you know, leadership, so he brings a lot uh, to the table that you want at that position little interesting that he returned to school this past season when when he could have come out uh, so so, you know, one thing teams are going to look at is, okay, well, how old is the guy going to be? How much football has he played? We'll have to see what the Bears uh, want to do on the offensive line. I think, you know, the, the number one question we have to answer with the offensive line is, okay, what's the plan at left tackle? Is it Braxton Jones for a second season and they've spoken positively about him, or is it going out and getting uh, a high caliber left tackle? Once you answer that question, They've got to figure out the right tackle position. They've had three different starters at right tackle in week one for the last three seasons. Uh, And then you go inside and you figure out what you want to do there. One of the questions you have to answer is, uh, Sam Mustapher is a restricted free agent. What do you want to do there? He's played a lot of football for them, and they need to get better on the offensive line. So what moves do they have to have in mind in order to become better up front like schmidt's probably talking to people and this stuff can change but probably around two pick um i know some people have talked about first round and you just just look at the last 10 15 years the number of centers drafted in round one is is low um because teams again you go back to positional value, so but he could certainly be a Friday draft pick, a day two, uh, around two, around three uh, selection, and uh, whoever takes him probably going to feel like they can plug him in and he can start immediately.
1: Great stuff, Brad. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Brad.
2: Have a
3: great day, guys.
1: That is our guy, Brad Biggs, the football man for the Chicago Tribune.
3: Great insight because yeah. of all of these guys that he talked to are going to be names that you hear over the next couple months trying to evaluate and get a sense of just how ready they are for the NFL.
1: And listen, I think that the Bears should get everything they can out of that number one overall pick. You want to go and get anything, but get as much as possible. But I also think that they shouldn't be too stubborn about it. If they're not getting what they want, take the best offer they're getting. They just need to get more, 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 more.
3: I think you've got to get – as much as possible, and I do think that it would be a disappointment if you kept it. Yeah, I agree.
1: Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Ideally, they could trade down, still get one of the premier defensive players, all that. But they need so much that they've got to get more. That's it's just that simple. And and the higher the picks, the better. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Cole. Got any news you want to share with us?
1: Not going to San Fran. <laughs> My... <laughs> Molly and Haw Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score. That uh that is the voice of Aaron Rodgers. He, he won the pro
3: am Yeah, doing something he rarely uh, does in February, celebrating a title. Oh boy. And um That's nice. I like that in, cheap shot. In a good mood. Uh not going to San Fran, so I don't think that's a huge surprise. No, they couldn't afford him. They couldn't afford him financially or the draft capital it would take to get Aaron Rodgers in a think, trade.
1: I'm not sure they have the draft capital.
3: They don't. Their first pick. Is 99th. Yeah. So they have one pick in the top one hundred, maybe two. I think they have ninety nine and one hundred. Anyway, they can't trade they could to get patch, a quarterback.
1: Pack, package those up, move up to. Oh, never mind.
3: I don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers because he talked about the the Las Vegas Raiders because he heard said that was the most common refrain from the fan base, the gallery, if you will. Also, the Jets are in the mix, but the Jets. The report, internet reports, and speculation over the weekend, where they were getting closer to a deal for Derek Carr.
1: So, so this is what's so interesting about all of it is that Derek Carr, his contract expires, I believe it's four days after the Super Bowl. So, the Super Bowl, it, you'll get that done, and then within four days, we're going to learn a lot more about the quarterback class. About there, there are two possibilities, which is the Raiders could trade him or the Raiders could just release him. I don't think there's any way he's going back there. I think that ship has sailed. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah. And then where does he wind up and how does that impact the the teams that need quarterbacks going into the the draft?
3: As Big wrote in 10 Thoughts, and we just talked to him uh, on ChicagoTribune.com, seven teams have a clear and pressing need for quarterback. Texans, Colts, Raiders, Panthers, Jets, Commanders, Buccaneers. I don't know that beyond the Raiders and the Jets, if any of those make sense for Aaron Rodgers in terms of speculation. Maybe the Buccaneers, Kyle Trask is their quarterback, but I don't see them going that route again. Do you? You kind of cringed and and made a funny face when I said that. I I, I don't think so either.
1: I don't think that's going to happen. I think that if you're – just think about it. If you're Green Bay – you know, you got to get rid of that contract and you're going to have to eat some of that money Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to figure out who is your quarterback, right? So that was one of the rumors that is that Derek Carr would wind up there and then Rodgers would go to Oakland. Somehow they would, you know, be traded for each other even though it's not a trade. Um, I think what was the most interesting thing is that Rodgers, before he signed this contract, he talked about wanting a seat at the table, wanting to have a conversation uh, w- with uh, w- with the general manager, with all the people making decisions, because he felt that, that his opinion needed to be listened to. And then, I, I don't know, maybe it was five days ago, he said something along the lines of, well, whatever they're doing, they're not talking to me about it. So that would seemingly indicate that the end is near. And the rumor is that the Packers are as fed up with Aaron Rodgers as he is with the Packers. And you can see why. Yeah. Everyone can understand that. But my point is that if he's going somewhere, you know, number one, what happens to the money? Where, How much money does he get paid? How does he change his contract? Is he getting paid from Green Bay to leave? Well, I, I don't know the answer If he's to that. serious
3: about restructuring, then that won't be as much of an issue if he's yeah. serious about restructuring. Well, and
1: restructuring just means moving the money forward. He gets every penny of it. So, I mean, he should be serious about restructuring if, indeed, he's leaving. He also should be careful about where he winds up, because you get end up in the wrong situation. You got a real problem.
3: Why well, I, I think a I couple of those I teams was kind of done. David would be the teams that would fall into that category. Tampa being one of them. Yeah, they're done. I think they're rebuilding. They're closer to hitting reset well, than they, anything. The just, Jets. They
1: don't have any speed. They the don't- Raiders.
3: Uh, he's not going to San Francisco, so they, you count them out. But uh, you know they're they're. Double-digit number of teams that are looking for quarterbacks this offseason. There's oh, no uncertainty, yeah. and that's a third of the league. There are there
1: are teams that seemingly have a quarterback, but it's not a guy that's taking them anywhere, and they know it, right? So it's there are problems. There, there are at least a dozen teams.
3: The Bears are so far away that it, I know to some people they're rolling their eyes and say, what are you talking about? The Bears are so far away, but it underscores just how this division – you could make the argument is up for grabs if Aaron Rodgers leaves the division. Yes. Even if he stays, the Packers are have a huge challenge in trying to fix what was broken in 2022. The Vikings are no sure thing. The Lions might be, in terms of an upside, you feel good about it, but they remain the Lions, and until proven otherwise, that's going to be a hurdle they have to overcome. The Bears are in a position where now they're starting over. They have their quarterback. And it's going to take a lot of shrewd decisions and wise investments to put themselves in a position where they can take advantage of this opportunity. Yeah, I I think there's a lot of
1: possibilities. But I think that the Bears are in the bottom of the division, right? We saw that happen. Now, is Green Bay closer to the Bears or closer to winning the division? If Rodgers leaves, how does that impact them? If
3: Rodgers leaves, the Bears are... Uh, have have closed the gap immediately but I think the Packers are closer to the bottom than the top
1: and and what's going on in Minnesota right they won the division going away Um, they've they've had concerns with Kirk Cousins forever
3: they are the least impressive division champion in recent memory
1: and they won what was it five or six games (laughs) just by the skin of their one chinny, position chin, one position chin, the the point differential that, was negative when they could, won the division that could go they, they could come back to earth fairly quickly very quickly and then you look at what's going on I mean who, who you know it's it's a great story that Jared Goff started playing better at the end of the year and that they feel like they can commit to him now how will they feel a year from now I mean, I'm just saying, it's not like
2: he's He's mis- not
3: won the benefit of the doubt. Mm. He he has won back some respect. He has. And I think that he give him credit for the kind of year he had. But to say that you don't have reservations about his arc and his career going forward, I think you're fooling yourself. I don't think that will compel the Lions to go after a quarterback in the draft. No, I don't either. Which is what you care about most here in Chicago. Yes. But I think that he now has set a standard and he's raised the level of play there. I don't know... If how I feel about his ability to, 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 to match that going forward.
1: And they have the Rams pick for, from, the, from the trade. They're so in, they're in a good shape. They're in good shape. They could get significantly better. Yeah,
3: And they already have some good players. They do. And you feel good about their, the connection with the coach who has found a way to reach these players. You think that's going to be sustainable.
1: Would you trade a first-round pick for him?
3: Uh, I would not <laughs> trade a first-round pick for Dan Campbell. I think he's got a lot of Sirianni in him. I think there are connect There's the similarities there. Nick Sirianni does for the Eagles. Dan Campbell does for the Lions. This, you know, th- these are the rah rah coaches, if you will. I believe when Nick
1: Sirianni was giving what might have been the worst introductory news conference in the history of mankind. Dan Campbell was going to bite your knees off, and that saved Nick Sirianni. I, I mean, there, there was everybody got on board with the Dan Campbell
3: news no, conference because oh, it was so I, like, what? That's a funny point and a good one, but you know what really saved Nick Sirianni? His roster. <laughs> His roster saved yeah. Nick Sirianni, and when you talk about what is Nick Sirianni's greatest strength – I think it's his proximity to Howie Roseman. I'd say that with all due respect, because he has you pushed up really the right buttons. No but question. my goodness sakes, that roster yeah. Yeah. is ready to win, and right, it's it's hard to screw up that team.
1: You would think it would be, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It, that that team is really impressive because again, they've got everybody back. They they're completely healthy, and they've got basically. A team at a team and a half, if not two teams, at key positions. They really do.
3: I know. And when you look at the Bears, because we are always looking in comparisons, is there any starter on the Bears that would start? For that would start for, for the Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles. I, I don't know that there is. I don't know that there would be. Tell me who that would be. Maybe Jalen Johnson. Maybe I one
1: safety. I, I mean, Jalen Johnson could definitely I, play for them, but they're. They're very good are corners. Excellent. I Their know corners are better than Eddie him.
3: Jackson when healthy, perhaps. I, yeah. But beyond the secondary, I don't know if there's a player on the Bears in the starting twenty-two that you could say, yeah, he he would he would start for the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. And I'm talking about one guy.
1: That's not many. One. So that's how good the roster is. If I'm not mistaken, one is the loneliest number. It is. Three one two 6, 44 67 67. We'll have to apply that to Kansas City because I think all everything's out of whack with them because the quarterback's so good. It kind of it kind of changes the way you think about them but we should apply the same logic next when we come back, Molly and Hall on the score. Which of them moves the most like Justin Fields?
3: <laughs> no, no one moves like that. Guys. No. That's a bad comparison. <laughs>
1: Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. Of that is Luke Getze.
3: Um, great answer. Yeah. Great answer. You yes. want to feel like your quarterback is answer. incomparable. And he is Justin Fields. He's incomparable because he has a skill set that really is unique. And there are other quarterbacks similar to him. There's one in the Super Bowl and Jalen Hurts. There's one in Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. But I think what he's saying is that, boy, the speed, the way that he is uh, the best runner of of the three, perhaps. Luke Getse, very complimentary of Justin Fields, as he should be. That said, given our exercise, applying the Bears roster and depth chart to the Super Bowl participants, I don't think that you're still not going to have – you're not going to take the Bears quarterback over either one.
1: Well, I, I mean, here's the thing. Like when, you know, let's just start with the Chiefs. They've got Andy Reid. And, and I don't, like in order, they've got Patrick Mahomes. They got Travis Kelsey. They got Andy Reid. Right. Right. And whatever way you want to stretch it out, whatever way you want. Three Hall of Famers. Out, you got three Hall of Famers. That's fair enough. So that's their strength. Now, when it comes to their weaknesses, you know, they have a ton of injuries at the wide receiver position. The Bears don't have any wide receivers that you would want to trade. You know what I mean? The Bears have if, – if, if, could, could uh, Mooney help the Kansas City Chiefs if he were healthy, but he's not, so what's the point? You know, could
3: Chase Claypool – could Equinemius St. Brown – never mind. Well, I think that when you talk about Darnell Mooney in that Chiefs offense, you kind of – it reminds me, it would be reminiscent or similar to Marquez Valdez-Scantling going from the yes. Packers to the Chiefs and fitting in right. in a way where his his play might have been elevated because he was needed more in this offense or he was utilized in a way that he wasn't in Green Bay. So you could see that effect uh being similar to Darnell Mooney. They're similar guys. But it's not clear cut.
1: No, it's not clear cut. And I you know, they're just the Bears just don't have a good enough receiving core to, to kind of match that. Um, you know, the, when when Hilaire Bellick went out they lost something in their running game. They're kind of a middle-of-the-road running game, but they do have uh, Isaiah Pacheco who can, who can break a, a oh long run. Oh, my gosh, he explosive. And he's getting better. Seventh rounder. So I don't know, like, would you prefer Montgomery? I don't know. I, I think they've got a pretty good – Different style. Yeah, and he's in their offense. The di- different style back, so, different so usage. When you really think about it, you know, they could use depth on the defensive line the bears don't have a defensive line they don't have anybody that Rookie you they,
3: George, they don't have anybody you'd want Carl Laftis would be the the highest rated he'd be the yes. best pass rusher the bears have yes
1: Chris Jones Frank Clark they're better than anyone the bears have on their I'm just saying these are yeah. that's just the reality is there a linebacker could they use a linebacker yeah they could use a linebacker they're they're not very good against the run they struggle a little bit they could definitely use a linebacker who you got on the Bears that you're – I mean, Roquan, they could definitely use Roquan. But yeah, they don't have him anymore. He's long gone. He's in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's mingling with Ray Lewis. He's, he's with Ray Lewis. He's, apparently, he and Ray Lewis are now fast friends, and they're going to break down tape together. Well, wouldn't Aussie.
3: you? I mean, I you sure. have in yeah. Ray Lewis the, the standard for that franchise is at, in terms of at the position, and you have Roquan Smith, who's on his way to becoming a perennial – all pro player. Yeah, you would definitely see them being buddies.
1: The pass defense isn't great for the Chiefs. They they give up points in the fourth quarter, which is not good. They could definitely use help in the secondary. But who do you have who do you have that's better than anybody they have? Who do you have
3: that people would want? I mean I, I mean you have a couple of players. You have a couple of safeties that you might consider. You know, Eddie yeah. Jackson, depending on yeah, versus is he, Thornhill. Is he healthy? That is again the health factor. You know, Jalen Johnson is one that comes to mind. But I, but I think this sometimes with Jalen Johnson, I, I do wonder how often we may overvalue certain players that we see all the time. Number one, relative to what else the Bears have. Yeah. So Jalen Johnson stands out. He's a good player. So he's really the best they have but, at a position. Yeah. That they're weak at, so do we tend to inflate how good he actually is? And so we say things about, well, you know what, they need to really lock up Jalen Johnson, but are they going to give him a contract that is commensurate or similar to ones that the best cornerbacks in the league make, or what they really, you know, his value, what his value is to this franchise?
1: It's a really interesting chicken or egg question. You know, if you had a pass rush, maybe he'd have more interceptions, but is he? Is he a big enough playmaker to to justify whatever the salary would be? Well, the I numbers mean, I just would say no. The, the playmaking aspect is from time Because about. the, the analytics would
3: say no. Because you know, I guess if you look deeper, you yes. could find ways that he is providing tight coverage and he is doing his job. But the numbers that you typically associate with cornerbacks that are at the top of their game, the elite ones, right. they have the, the interception numbers that he doesn't have. No. And, and, it's, and it
1: might not be his fault because uh, you you've got to cover a guy forever and you can't – I
3: mean, who knows? It's not his fault necessarily. It's not like the quarterback's getting the ball out quickly, but, Mr. David. But, Mully, exactly. I, I understand that, you're, and you're totally right. But those weren't factors that we considered when deciding whether or not the Bears should get rid of Roquan Smith or not. Right, that's true. That was used against him yes. in terms of his evaluation. Well, you know, by his own coaches. You know, he's not really a guy that gets the takeaways. And, you know, he's not really, well, okay. But look at your defense. There's a reason why. You put him in a defense like the Ravens, all of a sudden you project better and bigger things for Roquan Smith. And I wonder that about Jalen Johnson. So that, that I, 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 I want to stop short of saying that we overrate him, but I think that we just have to be cautious in evaluating him because of his talent level relative to, to everyone else that we see in the Bears' defense.
1: And it, and it, it, there's nothing wrong with comparing the Bears to a couple of teams in the Super Bowl, other than that's like the worst team in the league. They have the number one overall pick, and you're comparing them to the two best teams in the league. So obviously there's a reason the Bears are so bad. They don't have the talent level that these other teams have.
3: Yeah. And it's, it's a natural thing to do, isn't it, when you have two teams in the Super Bowl and everyone else is at home? Yes. And you're in a, in a football city that is talking about the draft and has a number one overall pick and $92 million in cap space. You obviously are going to look at the rosters and compare and contrast them.
1: So the Bears should come out of this draft with a player that would be able to walk in and start in either
3: place. Yeah. Ideally. <laughs> I mean, I, you bit your tongue I, there. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, 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 ideally, I think it's a
1: hard. It's a hard call. It, you, yeah. you can't
3: guarantee it, though,
1: right? Well, that's the
3: problem. And that is the problem with the draft, you, you just want it to be a, a situation that is obvious that the answer would be yes. But we've learned enough from watching previous drafts, especially here in Chicago, that you can't be that certain about anything.
1: And I think making that comparison just underscores how far away you are you got to be better than teams at different positions, and you're not. And it's just that simple. Difference
3: makers. Everybody's looking for difference makers. Everybody's looking for impact guys. And you're right. The Bears uh, don't have many of those. They traded one of theirs away. They traded a lot of theirs away. In the last calendar year, they traded all of theirs away, except for the quarterback.
1: What the heck's Tommy Reese doing? Why would you leave the Irish for uh, the best team in college football, the best program?
3: (laughs) Well, there's a lot going on in college football. He's the guy to talk to because – these moves that are being made on staffs are very, very interesting indeed.
1: Mully and Haas, Chicago Sports Radio, six seven of the score.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.